Welcome back to the Right Hook Podcast. I'm Tom Casadega, joined as always by the Right Hook himself, Right Hook Ray. Ray, how the hell are you doing today? Uh, feeling old, feeling grumpy, and don't want to work with effing children. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 oh shit oh boy what a fun weekend for wrestling fans that ended up very exciting for wrestling fans for not in the ring stuff we got a lot to cover um i'm sure i know we got a certain subject that we're gonna definitely lay out and go go over um do we want to start there, or is there something you want to do to lighten up the mood before we go full bore? Uh, what we can do to start out the show is we can say we would like to thank our friends over at Manscaped. That's right. You can go over to manscaped.com and use code RIGHTHOOK for 20% off your order shipped right to your door. Yay! RIGHTHOOK shipped right to your door. Man. Speaking of Manscaped, speaking of our code, if we're able to hit our mark with our Manscaped code that we have, we will do a live Right Hook podcast video show, and I will shave my beard off clean with the Lawnmower 4.0 if we're able to hit our mark. By our deadline. So with that being said, go over to Manscaped. Use code RIGHTHOOK. 20% off. Ship right to your door. Help us hit our mark. And help me. Groom my face. Lawnmower 4.0 care package. Wow. (laughs) That's a big, for anyone who doesn't know Tom and the legacy of his beard, this is major. Like, I, this is like your Jim Morrison Roadhouse Blues beard. I I don't, wow, I don't think I can envision you without it because I've known you forever with it. (laughs) So it's like, what? And I can't because because I'll look like a grossly obese Frank Thomas. So I just can't do it. <laughs> I look like a grossly obese fucking Frank Thomas. So I so I can't fucking do it. I've tried after after botching a mustache. I've had you and yeah, no, <laughs> no. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> He's. A- an obese Frank Thomas. Oh, Jesus. obese Frank Thomas. That obviously did not have the growth spurt. Because <laughs> Frank Thomas is like fucking 6'6". Six, six. Is he? Yeah, he's he's a large man. <laughs> oh, I thought he was. I thought he was shorter and just stock. No, yeah. you're probably thinking of like move on, which I could probably have to do someday if and when the hairline starts to go bad. 
I'm just going to tap out and shave. He's the guy from the boner pill commercials. Yeah, yeah. Frank yeah. Thomas is from the boner eugenics commercials with, with the cheesy lines. <laughs> with those yeah. cheesy fucking one-liners. Doug Flutie. <laughs> yeah, him, yeah. Flutie, and I think somebody else. I think Van Slight from like the Pirates too for one commercial. Is that who it was? Yeah. I'm trying to fix my fix my pillow here on the chair. You were wondering why I was mm. like kind of moving around there. But that's what we do here live on the show. Shit happens like that. We got yeah. sweet furniture and we have chairs that we need to adjust. You know, call each other. We've got like, squeaky, squeaky futon, squeaky chairs, we've had them all. <laughs> You know, I think that's just part of the podcast, no one. Frank Thomas over there. <laughs> Too funny. If, so, if, yeah. if, now, if you buy Manscaped and use our code right hook ray, get twenty percent and get twenty percent off your order plus free shipping. Hey now. You'll like it. And she'll like it too. <laughs> your balls <laughs> don't Damn right. <laughs> the, the ball toner. Oh, excuse me. The ball toner is phenomenal. It is. I I I use it daily. It's pretty nice. <laughs> ah, I'm frozen. That deodorant, man, is something else. It is. It's fantastic. I uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, if they ever do like a roll on, I'm all in for it. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting, huh? That that, that would be probably. Th- the next step is to just make the roll on. Yeah. I think right. a lot of people would be like, that's perfect. Man. <laughs> so giving so giving away some ideas. Just think about it. I, I don't know if you gotta talk to the ball scientist to figure out that formula, but you know, might hey, be man. worth like to look into. Well, hell, if they're listening into our episode, there yeah. you go. They report that back to your headquarters. Um, no, honest to God, I do want to give them a big thanks, though. Yes, thank you, guys. You guys have been awesome with us. For us, since they decided to sponsor us. And, uh, you know, from us, like literally you saying before we started, from us being just two family members who just both like wrestling mm-hmm. and both like talking to kind of growing all the way to a sponsored podcast it's uh it's been a fucking absolute fun ride yeah and damn sure with manscape sponsoring us it's uh you know very very much appreciated and <clears throat> the care packages were phenomenal you know nothing to absolutely complain about at all uh yeah appreciate them even giving us the chance the platform to be sponsored let alone, you know, all the hookups. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hooks. But the, all the hookups for, you know, being sponsored. And uh, with that being said, let's get down to what we do on a weekly basis. Let's, get down uh, to business. Now, how are we, are we working backwards? <laughs> no, sir. Okay. We are going to address the elephant in the room. Oh, we're working backwards. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the fuck's going on? You know, 
That's the $64,000 question. And I figured you'd have a better answer than what's been swirling in my head and what I've read and heard on numerous podcasts, which there's so much for me to unload just as much as I'm sure you have a lot to unload on this particular subject. Um, I can tell you right now, if I never hear the word media scrum again, I'll be the happiest human being ever. (laughs) I said that to Kate. I said, you know, I would not be surprised if they never do another media scrum for this exact reason. And, and, and that's kind of been like their, I guess their thing. They've always had these, they wanted to be media like conference, press conferences, post post show conferences. Yeah, and they wanted to be like New Japan. Then they get a New Japan reaction, and then everybody in the world's like, "Oh my!" Or everybody in the you know wrestling scenes like, "Oh no!" Whoa. It just it yeah got a real promo. Go listen to fucking Jay White cut any promo after any match. I would just say I was just gonna say you can look up him yeah. and him and Zack Saber Junior. They 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 put up some. Yeah, very stiff stuff, <laughs> very stiff stuff, and mm-hmm. and no, it is not because one's British and one's from New Zealand or Australia. No, they're they're pretty strong. <laughs> they may they, they may Jr. they may not have been as strong as this, but they're definitely in the ballpark. <laughs> Zach Saber Jr. cutting that promo on Daniel Bryan, saying he was like, now he was like, you're injured now, now f. Fuck, I messed that up. Sorry. He said, now you're injured. Now I don't get a chance to wrestle your little shrimp vegan dick. And he <laughs> said, uh, I'll see you down the road sometime. And he just casually called him a little shrimp vegan dick. And he cut him, he tore him apart the rest of the damn promo. Just graphic as fuck. Jay White, he is MFing every single person. Everybody in the room's a motherfucker. You know what I mean? There's cocksuckers this, this, that, and the third. Listen to the Jericho promos from when he was back in Japan. When oh, he wrestled- yeah. You know what I mean? All that time. It's just, you know, a whole different world. And AEW really tried to integrate that. And I'll say this. It's either the biggest, most elaborate work we're ever going to hear about in wrestling because they are bringing kayfabe back or his company is falling apart right at his feet. I feel the same way. I have a take from either side. And um and again, the crazy part is I wouldn't put that past this this group. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Tony Khan probably wrote about this when he was, you know, 13. 15. Exactly. That's kind of why I'm like knowing him and mm-hmm. his way of fandom and stuff, he probably thinks that this is like prime ECW storyline stuff because he's probably like us and watched ECW during its peak when there was the Raven Sandman story, the Dreamer Raven Bulish stuff. And he's just, he's taken off from that. And he's just trying to do it with something that's to call it blurring the lines is a gross understatement. It just, so it's just, yeah. But I, yeah, um, I actually somehow stayed up for the whole thing. I actually ordered it and I, and actually watched Zero Hour. I had told you you didn't have to fucking pay. I I, I know, but but I but but I was trying to be a gentleman. I was like, you know what? I'll pay. Make it worth my money. 
make me make me make me enjoy the purchase and and not gonna lie it kind of came through um now granted now granted if that if that presser came with it it would have been worth every single dime (laughs) the presser was live on youtube right after so i I just yeah because i'm going to bed um because i actually stayed up for the whole spiel and i'm like all right cool great Trying to go to bed, trying. I'm trying to go to bed, trying to go to bed. Go on, go online, go on Twitter. (laughs) I'm like, all right. I'm I'm like, you know what? I never really do this because anytime you go on Twitter late, there's usually nothing, nothing, nothing of good value is coming from this. And that's the first thing that pops up. I'm like, I'm like, the fuck is this? (laughs) And my jaw drops. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I'm like, I saved it and was like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to just read this shit through because I don't think I could process this shit right now. And I'm fucking tired. I just have literally watched from five hours four, from, from, from four o'clock to basically midnight. I've almost watched eight hours of, of wrestling programming. <laughs> like, I, like, I definitely need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. And that's that was a busy weekend of worlds collide and everything and yeah, everything else that ran down the rest of the way. Um, <laughs> watching it back, I will say, um, I would have known right off the bat, like, I, you know my situation would have happened with the pay-per-view watching live. Yeah. Um, I would have known right off the bat that was MJF. It's his, funny. His, his mannerism, his build. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And as soon as he gets on the apron, I was like, oh, this is him. I'm like, this is him. Stokely Hathaway used to manage him. And then I think I saw a picture, like an old picture of them, like standing back to back at some show. And I was like, I'm like, so is he going to be, so is he going to be the crown jewel of this Hathaway family thing? And that's, yeah, what the fuck is going to, you look at that stable, okay? You have. Because MJF will now have a brand new giant. Listen, you have Lee Moriarty, the Ass Boys, Ethan Page, W. Morrissey, okay? MJF, and obviously Stephen Hathaway. And are we counting Jade in this stable or, or is Jade a separate entity? Well, technically, Jay would, Jade would be a part of his family. So, I mean, I guess we can just add her in. Yeah, sure. Which is a pretty good stable. That's Heenan family level. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they handle this right, that could be legendary. So, Seriously. Like, I mean. that, that This could make or break Stokely Hathaway's entire career. That's what I thought, and I kind of hope it doesn't come to that because honestly, he seems like he does solid work, and I don't want it to be like this is this is gonna make him or break him. It's like no, like like he does, he's like from, from basically what everything I've seen, anything he puts himself into, he's done really good with. He's an amazing talker, and I really believe like if AW invests into it, it'll do big things give them the tag belts give them the tnt title 
have them challenging for the world title. Have MJF even win the world fucking title. What do you do then? You know what I mean? Like, it don't all have to be at once. No, but like in like, like over time. Yes. Make them a fucking known dominant stable and you'll have things happen. You know what I mean? It Which just, will make you have to build new heroes and faces to come take down this this powerful family that seems to just click on all cylinders yeah. which is which is which would be like their way of doing the Heenan family if they won all the gold back at that time like that would pretty much be like their like I guess homage or tribute like hey like hey if this happened with perfect rude brain busters Andre or Haku yeah. like like yeah. like this would be great <clears throat> Literally though. Um I just uh, I, I think it could be, you know, honestly that yeah, that, you know, could be amazing. It could very well be amazing. But to get back to the, the meat yeah, of the matter, sorry. um sorry. yeah, man, I've you know, and a lot of people who know me, it's very well documented. I am I'm a punk stand through and through. I'm not gonna lie. Did he handle it correctly? No, he didn't. Was it something that clearly was bottlenecking and just getting to a point where to where it to where it was gonna explode in a much more nastier fashion? Yeah. And I I Look, I'm not a big fan of people who use the term triggers and gr- and gaslighting and those stupid new buzzwords. It just annoys me to fucking no end. But clearly, Colt Cabana or Scott Colton, whatever, clearly that subject is a massive like nuclear trigger for him. It, it sets him the fuck off. And probably rightfully so, because from, from everything that I know about the end of that friendship, pretty fucking gnarly and i don't blame him especially with some of the things that that were said sunday i was like oh well well, all right um again but you also should have you also know what you're dealing with when you bring punk in you know he's not gonna change much if anything he's gonna be outspoken he's gonna speak his mind he he's gonna rock the boat and ruffle feathers. The the anti-punk rhetoric that's out right now is laughable and just disgusting. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you know, like calling him Hogan-like and a super backstage politician, and he wants to be the locker room leader, but no one acknowledges it. it look, man, if if you want to talk about backstage politics in and dictating and doing that, then that's every single entity involved in this entire situation. It 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 that that, that involves punk, that involves Omega, that involves the Bucks, that involves everything that everything that's surrounding them. It just yo, it it's not that way. And and again, this is this is a no-win situation. No one comes out of this looking great. No one comes out of this looking better. No one comes out of this looking 
stronger. It, it, this makes everyone look stupid. This makes the situation look like classic high school cafeteria drama bullshit. And it, it and it and then it hurts the company that's kind of got a rocky, shaky rep as far as like professionalism. It just it doesn't help it. And it it and not to make a snarky point, but sidebar, this also makes Cody Rhodes look like the smartest human being walking the fucking planet Earth because he clearly saw he he clearly saw the smoke starting and was like, fuck this. I need to get out of here. I've tried. I've done my part. They're not hearing me. I can go back and double my worth and be completely hands off of this shit. And I'm going to assume the reason why we haven't heard anything about Cody's departure is there is probably some pathetic NDA out that he can't talk about right now or possibly ever, which is stupid. So that's why I can't wait for their tell-all memoir or like a podcast or Netflix series about this because there's got to be a lot of shit that has to be said that can't be said because of documentations and legalese and shit like that. I completely agree. I just, uh, yeah, I think it runs a hell of a lot deeper. And when they started taking like, you know, power away from Cody and he didn't have any creative say, and everything like that, everybody started criticizing him, and they were treating his wrestling as sports entertainment. Getting mm-hmm. on him, he wanted to wrestle. They all wanted to play. The fans, they wanted their diehard shit. That's why they were booing Cody. They wanted him to be a heel no matter what, because that stupid Outlander show. And it just, just I've always felt with that partnership with Cody and the. Cody and company, I always felt that that hardcore niche crowd never embraced Cody. They've always viewed him as like an outsider, a leech, an outsider. He's leeching off of their, their, at the time, their buzz and popularity. When in actuality, everyone involved kind of leached off each other. And it was just, hey, right time, right place, right storm. Yeah. And it just happened because, look, the Bucks and Omega joined both. They obviously joined the really trendy faction at the time and take it to a whole nother level and getting it sold in big, big chain stores, which is always going to be a tip, a tip of the cap for me for them. But, and then having Cody join it, it just made sense because of what, because Cody's story of like his journey. But, and then as soon as they started the all in like promotion, I got that vibe for sure. Like, like, and I never said it out loud, but I, but I would watch and be like, they love Kenny, Matt, and Nick, but when Cody talks, they're it's they just tolerate it, but they don't like it, but they tolerate it because because remember, perception is that they tolerate it. So I guess we gotta tolerate. It. You remember Bernard the Bear? Vaguely, he had that. Bernard the bear, yet that person wear that bear head on that suit. Yeah, thing. yeah, that got over. Uh, no, it really, it really did. It got over. But what I was gonna say was, uh, I was there in Chicago for all in. Everybody pretty much did get a really decent fucking reaction. Cody and Brandy's reaction even was pretty big because of their outfits, obviously, and whatnot. But no, they they. 
everybody did get a decent reaction leading into everything up to that cody was right there in the middle with matt and nick on each side and there wasn't even kenny then it was just them because kenny was still obligated to new japan at that time you know what i mean everybody else had these you know exclusive deals while cody matt and nick they didn't so they were the ones working with roh working with new japan plus doing their own thing that's when they all had that thing go down with Meltzer and that you know with the tweet about you know you think they can sell out an arena and he said highly unlikely and cody said i'll take that bet so they ended up selling out the sears arena and my wife and i were lucky enough to say that we were there i uh yeah you know what i mean it was a memory um actually i it's crazy to see how everybody's grown i'll say that i was gonna say like you probably it probably hits you differently just because you have a I was gonna some kind of a bond or relationship with certain people in involved in this situation. It's yeah, it's I um uh I don't know how deep we should you know really go on that for any kind of reasons, but uh for what it was, that's you know separate. I guess I'll say from like it started with wrestling. And then, you know, uh, befriended, you know, said person. Um, and then just, like I said, people grow. You know what I mean? I um, I won't say I didn't need that said person anymore or anything like that. But they were there when I was at pretty much one of my lowest, you know, like when I'm like actually the worst depression of my life i'll say that way uh, everything that had went down and then i had lost my dad and you know they covered everything well pretty much everything for me and kate to go to dc you know for the first dynamite and just how everything played out i couldn't have been more thankful because in that time of sadness it was one of them things like my dad would have even been like go and do that go have fun and I was lucky enough to have that go have fun and knowing that story they kind of welcomed me in and I got to flutter around during the early days of AEW on the tail skirts kind of like follow them around like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> that was always fun. Leaving, coming for a week type of thing, you know, go follow for a show and then drive home and fucking, you know, work the week, grab as much money as you can and hurry up, you know, drive to Virginia or West Virginia or D.C. Or, you know, well, D.C. was first. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh's, well, we're here in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Virginia and West Virginia, Ohio, you know, just, uh, we went all around, you know, all around. We had our run with NXT back in 2015, 
15, 16, no, not 15, 16, 17, or 17, 18. No, 16, 17, we'll say. I'll have to look exactly, to be honest. But me and Kate, uh, we did vacations, and we were, at the time, not parents. And we were lucky enough to be a little bit more well-off financially. And we would take uh, multi-week vacations to Florida. And we would go to Full Sail and we would loaf and we would hang out in the local areas and we would get hotel rooms. We would do this and do that. We went to uh, the Universal uh, Studios many of times. Universal once. Everywhere else. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. We have to cover that on a whole nother episode. <laughs> I could talk about fucking Florida for <laughs> another hour. But yeah, we traveled around, you know, that was a fun thing. And we got to see a lot of very cool wrestling. And the AEW hits a special place for that exact reason and tying it back in and bringing it back home. It was a blessing. And like I said, all of that came at a different time. And like I said, people grow. So with that thankfulness is still there. But now with all these different perceptions and how everything's changing and the way, I won't say the way that they're acting. Clearly I'm talking about somebody involved in the situation on the opposite side. But um, I don't know. I just, it's different now. I guess I, I'll say it's kind of crazy to see where everything is from where it was, what I originally anticipated uh, AEW to be, to where AEW is. And I mean, you know, I guess I'm coming from a different perspective, obviously. Um, like I say a lot, either to you or to friends or on social, whatever. Two things that pro wrestling has taught me that was relevant with real life and translates. Perception is reality and never say never. And this is a very poignant example of perception is reality. Um, you know, a certain certain people involved in this fiasco have got this perception that they they're kind of clickish. They only look out for their crew and their people that like them or they're okay with. And anyone that kind of cuts into their territory, it's a problem or whatever. Like a, a lot of what happened has a lot to do with that. And also the fact that they don't, they don't necessarily deny it, but they also play heavily into it. Now, now, now if that intentions, Intentions are a whole different subject, but just the fact that they play into it doesn't help this at all. And again, we we can go off of the stuff that we've heard and seen because me and you were not backstage to really see what happened. But if they went about it the way it's been presented, not a good look considering your per, considering your professional title. With the company, not really a good way to go about it. You you need to go in and de-escalate and 
if they went in the way they went in, that did not do that. That was only going to just pour kerosene on that fire. And it gave us what is, what apparently has happened. Um, I know there are a lot of people who aren't the biggest fans of theirs and kind of have been waiting for this moment. Um, I'm not one. I don't mind two thirds of the group. You know, the one I'm just, I, I <laughs> just gives me a bad vibe and he just, which is fine because that's apparently again, that's apparently his deal. But you know, and again, it, it didn't help matters. Um, I, something told me in hindsight after the trios match, the, the trios title match, Kenny's saying something into the camera about the boys. Yeah. And like, you couldn't really pick it up. And when I look back, I'm like, that, that probably should have been a light bulb for something or just like a nice mental post-it to keep like that might have been something that, that might've been, you know, I just thought it was just a post-match Kenny doing his thing, you know, just being the big talker. And I, I would have never put what, what unfolded to it, but that probably did. Um, this also falls at the feet of kind of my favorite punching bag. Tony Khan. This is again, what happens when you're a, Indie-rific super fan, and you want everyone to be your friend, and you don't nip these certain things in the bud. Like you would think after the whole Cody shakeout, fallout, whatever you want to call it, he would have kind of went in and be like, Hey guys, we kind of need to control this, nip this, and not let this get out of hand because we can't have it repeat itself, especially when. You're going to have it repeat with someone who's a lot more vocal and a lot more brazen and to essentially say have zero fucks about things is, is an understatement for punk, but punk and Cody handle things totally differently. (laughs) And that that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, You know, and uh, another person that I've, that I've had in my crosshairs for a while Melzer, Melzer didn't help matters because everyone, everyone goes to him and looks to him and tries to impress him because of his quote unquote legendary journalism, which is highly, highly suspect to me. It always has been whenever, whenever, whenever it comes to him covering the current products. I've never, I've always raised my hand. Like, doesn't he come off a little biased? Doesn't he come off a little slanted? Wrestling historian, love him. Current product guy and spin doctor, I would, I can do without. Yeah. He was actually sitting there at the media scrum. Yeah. When everything was going And basically bad. said nothing. Nothing. Well, when Punk was like, Dave, what the hell did I do to Dude. have these people like that? What did I do, huh? And sat there and said nothing. Exactly, absolutely fucking nothing. But speaking of Dave Meltzer, here's another funny thing for you. You know I'm a collector of wrestling magazines. Yes. Okay. Back in 2003, WWE 
tried to mock the observer and called it the informer. I can see that. <laughs> In the magazines, they had this two-page, sometimes three, informer that they would fucking give you the rundown on. Just the most ridiculous shit. I'll have to send you over the pictures. And, and again, like, for WWE to do that, I don't blame them because if anyone really wants to see this objectively, you can go back and look at all of his newsletters. And it is like pulling teeth for him to say anything respectable or nice about anything WWE or rate anything properly compared to a PWG or something over in Japan. He's He's got this anti Anti this anti WWE slant, I, I fallout well, Vince. Yeah, the fallout with Vince, and then there's some kind of riff with Hogan, which isn't yep. totally surprising, but okay. It, it just so once you do that, and based on your job is to be objective, unbiased, and just facts, and try to provide the facts as accurate as possible because that's what journalists are supposed to do. And not to be a dick, Dave Meltzer has not done that. Again, wrestling historian, there's like there's like three or four people I, I, I will trust. Dave Meltzer's one, Jim Cornette is two, Tim Hornbaker is three, and I can't think of the fourth right now. And, 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 well, yeah, you. So, yeah, man. Like, But when it comes to him covering current take, I, I, I just immediately just – turn into the Charlie Brown teacher voice with him. I'm just like, I don't want to hear it because it's going to be the same rhetoric. Just, just, you know, change a person here and change a word there. And it's going to be the same narrative. So that doesn't help the situation. And also the fact that Tony is definitely of that ilk that like live and die off the observer and things said in the observer doesn't help the situation. And just the fact that we just had kind of a, a, a uh-oh moment two weeks, three weeks before, and it wasn't, clearly wasn't resolved, didn't help this either. Whenever whenever Punk comes out and says the thing, calls out Hangman and says that's not cowboy shit, it's coward shit and all that stuff. You should have nipped it in, in, in like the bud then. I, I've waffled back and forth on how I feel about Hangman and all this. I know... I know there's a famous quote that something about him saying he doesn't feel like he has to ask veteran talent for advice or help. Like, like it's like I have to hear the audio because he says it. But like, but like, does he say it in like a self like deprecating way of like, oh shucks, I really don't want to, you know, bother these guys with stupid questions or. Or like, no. was it like a very nonchalant? I'm I'm good. I don't need it. He says it arrogant. Listen, he's talking about these old timers, you know, da da da, with all their this and that, da da da. He's a, guys like you know these hardcore legends that just took bumps for money and whatever the fuck else he said. I don't need to take their advice. I don't need to have them. And he just went. I'm telling you, like he said it like arrogantly. As you have to hear it, dude. I, no, and, and honestly, I, I truly want to because 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 I just need it for clarity and context. Now, if he said it that way, not going to lie, 
I'm probably gonna lean towards saying fuck Adam Page. I'm, I'm I, I probably am, which sucks because because at That's first because at first I was all with it, all with him. I saw it. I get it. But if all <laughs> this is unraveling and this is how he like really is, it no no. There's so many other guys back there that like you can elevate, and it's clearly the reason why you're being elevated is because of your affiliation with certain people and things. Which hey, I get it. That's just life, but it it it's not helping morale and it's not helping the locker room. It's not helping again the overall perception of shit. It's not helping it. It's just making it worse. See, my thing exactly I was going to say was Tony Khan already had his first four champions picked out when he started AEW with Jericho Moxley. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you get what the fuck I'm trying to say. Hangman was always going to be in line to be champ. Okay. So my whole thing was when Hangman beat Omega, you know, Jericho Moxley, Omega, and then finally Hangman won. My whole thing was when Hangman finally beat Omega, it was already like so far down the line and he was over with that niche crowd. But once it started rolling and it wasn't over, it was already too late because you already had it lined up for him to be one of your champions. So you already pulled the trigger and now it just kind of looks like, well, there's your there's your first lop. There's your 95 WWF champion. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And it's just... uh, He's better without the title. Hangman can get a ball rolling, but then they put the title on him and then fucking drop the ball, we'll say. Because it wasn't a really good title ring. No, it wasn't. It was was underwhelming. It was underwhelming, to be nice. And after he lost the title... It took him a minute, but he got back on the roll, and he's already back rolling. You know, he's doing his thing with Dark Order, and he's fucking yapping his yap and doing his thing as his character. But then, outside of that, him with them stupid fucking comments about the veterans and about, you know, Terry Funk and, in general, different things like that, it overshadows his work, man. It's sad but true. It really is. At least to a lot of us. Because it just, again, again, I really got to hear the audio to just let it hit me. But like to say, say anything bad towards Terry Funk, it's, it's just, it's just unwritten shit that you just don't do. You don't do. And I don't know what their deal is whenever it comes to these things, but it, it I, Yeah. And, like, I'm, I don't know if we're going to go into, like, what should happen or how it should be handled. But it just, again, like, everyone that's involved gets a pretty good share of hefty blame because no one handled or did anything right. No one did or no one did anything to de-escalate or, like, or like resolve it like grown-ups. Everyone handled it in a fucked-up way that either they either fluff their ego or just made the situation fucking worse and i this is when tony needs to be a fucking boss and not be everyone's super fan and best friend 
and be like, this is now fucking with my well, well not well not his money, his dad's money. Well, no, it's his. I, I mean, but like you know, what I'm saying, but open book period, it's fucking with, it's fucking with his investment. This yeah. whole high school cafeteria drama shit is gonna, it's going to fuck with this, and I'm probably in that crowd that has said that this got WCW vibes written all over it, and they aren't doing much to to prove me otherwise right now. They're they're pretty much doing everything to make me be very much confirmed yeah it uh hasn't been easy so far for AEW we'll say it's honestly I don't know can you think of an exact moment where everything really started to go wrong was it Cody leaving I'm going to go with, for me, the moment that made me go, uh uh-oh, was probably when they were doing the weird TNT interim, Cody's gone for 10 days, and, like, that whole situation made me perk up, like, something's not, something, something's awry, and then once everything came out, that there was some power struggle backstage, and they came to a agree to disagree moment, and then definitely the the watershed, clear, evident point for most people was when Cody left. When Cody left, that validated a lot of people's oh shit, something is definitely going wrong here. This, this you know, you you know this this you know it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and 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 fucking Candyland fields over here. It's fucking not. Um, and once again, me also being a big Cody stan, Cody looks like Albert fucking Einstein. He was like, um, I'm good. Like, I I tried. I meant everything I said, making this the Ellis Island of pro wrestling, yada, yada, yada. Something along the way got crossed or just fell to the wayside. And he's like, well, I tried. And technically, I have doubled my value to them where I can go back and be and be used correctly. And it's despite the, the unfortunate luck of injury, it it's paid off. Yeah. It's paid off for him great. I will say it made Cody look like a very smart man making that choice to leave. I you'd hear these things and you know, a rumble here or a rumble there. And what I mean by rumble, I mean like stirs of stirs of talking, not quite. You know what I'm trying to say? You'd hear, the, yeah, the buzz. Hear and the, the buzz would get louder and louder. And then it would go away and then it would come back. You know what I'm trying to say? And then it just seemed, well, Sunday just all came out. And it just, uh, once again, just punk in general, you don't want it to get there with him. But now it's this advanced, (laughs) older, like no country for old man punk kind of thing. That's just going to make it worse (laughs) because because his patience and tolerance for, for all this 
has lessened more than probably what it was before. And and then just to I guess to get to it, the whole idea that that the elite would leave and just go over across the street. I know everyone thinks it's that black and white. I genuinely don't think that Triple H would want to touch that. He'd be like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Be like, thanks, but no thanks. It's 10 years too late. It's 10 years too late. And also all this stuff you guys are bringing with you. And just no, especially now. Especially now with Triple H having the pencil and everything falling at his feet and not just saying, oh, bring them in. And if it flops, it falls at Vince's feet. No. So I, 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 I hate to tell that fan base that. It wouldn't be that way. Chances are, if that is, if that were to happen, they would go back to Reseda. They would try to re- reboot PWG and do business with that disgusting piece of shit, fucking Joey Ryan, and they would be perfectly content doing that. Doing that and like taking a couple of dates in like Japan or something. But they're not gonna. But they're not gonna get the Cody treatment because. Because right. guess what? They aren't they they would be fortunate to get a real phone call to tell them why. And that's something that that could be technically their fault. On another note, I don't think Joey Ryan's uh, affiliated with PWG anymore though. I I I mean, thankfully, yeah, but I mean, but if things unraveled that way. I could definitely see everybody going back to resting on their laurels and rallying oh. and like rallying and like rallying the troops and bygones be bygones to the wayside. Yeah. You gotta you gotta understand we we couldn't do business with you because of the fucking obvious with that scumbag. No, PWG's still rolling, and I don't see that happening. They are way woke of promotion. Mm-hmm. That shit does not fly with them. He's like. Bro, he's done. He's people like Joey Ryan, uh, David Starr, a few other people are never going to be back in wrestling. And Just, rightfully fucking so. Cody Scroll, I think, is the other one. I mean, I mean, I know I've seen the, I'm guessing the greasy training pictures with. Live and Riddle and him and Cross and I think Nakamura. So yeah. like every once in a while, I'm like, 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 like every once in a while, I'm like, are things okay for him? No, people are allowed to have friends. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. See, that's the thing. He was canceled by the fucking fans, by people on the fucking internet. He still has friends that are wrestlers. He still has friends that are in the business. Just because Matt and Nick Jackson don't fucking man up to be like, oh, he's not our friend, or oh, he's our friend. That's on them. He still has friends in the business and shit like that to where just because in other people's minds he did something wrong, it was still technically legal over where he was. We have no say-so in that. We don't. No. Do you, do you know the situation? I know the broad strokes. It was some kind of... 
he hooked up with us. He was 18 or some, he was like 18 or 19 or something and hooked up with a 16 year old chick. Yeah, that that was pretty much the the like gist of what I always got from it. And then, then and then I assumed it happened over there across the pond. It didn't happen here. Nope. And that's the whole thing because it's legal over there. She has legal consent to say mm-hmm. yes type of thing. And that's what it was. So I mean Yeah. And then it just of course at it's the fun. time, the time frame and the world we're in now, that was just like a hollow point for him. Oh, yeah. That that was just a hollow point bullet just pointing straight to his fucking head. It, he used to be with Diana Perrazzo. And when that happened, she left him. Like, right when all that was going on, she fucking dipped and now she with that Mahalson guy. Macklin. Macklin, uh, I think, or he was one of the fucking, I can't think of the name. Fuck. Righteous ones or whatever from NXT with what's his face and, and Brian Sons. Brian Sons. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I yeah, but I for everyone to just safely assume that those three would just be embraced and you know, Papa H would be like, sure, come over. I'm I've I I side-eyed that. I'm like, that's not really gonna happen. Because well, of because everything that everything that has been said throughout the years and the fact that it's ten years too late and circumstances are vastly different and they're not they are a commodity but not as hot as a commodity as they were when yeah, when when like everyone uh, when everyone thought that that was the time to do it so no mm-hmm. now granted there's a handful of current talent that's on the a the aew roster that i'm sure hunter would gladly call and gladly bring in be like sure fuck yeah yeah you know imagine scorpio sky versus ricochet oh that'd be a great match i i that'd be great that that might be almost almost as good as sunday's match if not better (laughs) you know what i mean that'd be so damn Carmella versus fucking uh, yeah for Scorpio Sky or so good and like I kind of take some weird joy in telling this to this to that hardcore faithful crowd if you don't think Hunter has like a a, a fucking cork board with like with like pictures of talent that he's like pinpointing and is like we're gonna wait for this we're gonna wait for this we're gonna wait for this and I can tell you now. MJF and Wardlow have probably got multiple fucking darts. Like, we are circling the wagons to get those two fucking guys. For did sure. You, did you see what I sent you earlier? Um, it's <laughs> that they granted Malachi Black his release. Yeah, and again, all like all weekend, you, you heard that he asked for it and everyone thinks the obvious that he's asking for it to go back. And then you told me over the weekend that it was more mental personal health. and mental health stuff, which of course sucks. Um, and then everything you heard about that wasn't shown on air after the match. He, and then it was a fan video. They show him giving the bow and the kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not a good sign. Um, you know, if he has to go away or go to Amsterdam to 
clear his mind, get his mind right. Great. And when I heard that, I started to connect the dots because I'm like, you know, we haven't seen Selena Vega since Mania. Like, she's just vanished into thin air, Mm -hmm. which is really, really, like, eye-opening, but but somehow they find a way to gloss over it. So I don't know if those two things are intertwined. Is there something going on? Could you imagine if they did something like that? Like, bring him back and bring her in? That would be cool. You know, um, I'm saying, you know, God forbid it's anything mental health, and that's why she's not there like you were just saying. Right yeah. But say they took her off TV and just paying her to be at home till they're able to get him in a new deal. And then you bring them back in together as like this dark couple. That'd be fucking dope. Yeah. Because you know, honestly, honestly, in her return, she wasn't, it wasn't like terrible, but I mean, but like she was doing some steady stuff and doing some good matches and was, was, was like pretty consistent. And then just after mania, it, just kind of like Thanos snapped his snapped his fingers and she just disappeared. Queen Delima. I don't it's so weird. I don't think they're gonna do another King of the Ring because that women's Queen of the Ring didn't really pick up anything. Yeah, but I, mm-hmm. I, I hope that doesn't punish the idea of and I will always hold out hope that especially now with the new regime, that they're like, you know, we can take a chance. And try to make this a pay-per-view again. Like, like just try it. And if it sucks, then scrap it. Like, just do that. And it just it, it it doesn't hurt to try to bring that back. To try it once. And if it flops, you're like, all right, we tried, fuck it. Nope, can't do it. And mm-hmm. and then fill in fill it in with a fucking crown jewel show or some shit. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here doing my book too, but <laughs> Honest to God, man, you're exactly right. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, as far as the the out the outcome, I'm, I'm what sorry. I would do with this situation, um, again, this is me taking over the body and soul of Tony Khan. You bring the parties into the room. You essentially give an ass chewing of some sort. You basically lay out that they either got to hash this out and play nice or shit's going to change or shit's going to dramatically change. Um, Everyone should get a hefty fine. Like six figures seems very fair for everyone involved. Like a six, like a six figure fine is pretty, pretty goddamn fair because this took away from the show. It took away from certain moments in that show. MJF return. MJF return. The the tag match. It it, it just it, it just engulfed the whole show. That's why I sent you that meme. Because like everybody in there, you know, their mothers talk about it, and then oh, and MJF's back too. Yeah, like, it's just it's, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah, which yeah. which sidebar. Honestly, yeah, it's kind of karma for MJF doing the same thing that he did to Wardlow. Wardlow. When Wardlow won the TNT title and MJF's whole little contract dispute crybaby thing happened. 
now it's kind of like okay your big return is kind of overshadowed with punk you know being a punk and somehow and maybe i'm just maybe i'm the only one that sees it this way i think this fiasco has somehow helped mjf's cause it has helped it's helped his cause to, to 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 be like see look i am worth this i am worth this and you need me because all this shit at the top isn't stable and i've been here so you're gonna have to double down on something Again, that's just spitballing, but I, I, I literally could see an avenue where, like, where, where, to where, like, this shit show somehow, in a cosmic way, helps his cause in some way, shape, or form. Okay, I can see it that way, being like it makes him look more readable, available, and like, ready, available. He's definitely been a team guy. I don't have mm-hmm. these kind of issues with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can dig that. But I, yeah, yeah. But I would that. definitely find everybody six figures. Um, everybody's got to go home for minimum That's two weeks. Minimum had, two weeks. What you got to take them off TV two weeks. And as far as the titles go, look, it the the, the AEW World Title situation has just been a hot potato thing anyway for the past couple months or these couple weeks so and just because again because of this situation you're gonna have to do it again um there's really no need for a tournament like 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 i mean like if i was tony i would go on tonight or find a figurehead to go on tonight say punk suspended for however long he's stripped of the title we give it to moxley Moxley will defend it at Moxley will defend it at Grand Slam, which is in what two three weeks yeah, against yeah. whoever. Which you can easily plug in. MJF cashes the chip there. He wins in front of a home crowd, and we are off and running. And you immediately say, also people who are involved, the trios title stripped. We're gonna have a match for it with I don't know. Death Triangle and fucking in Dark Order or Death Triangle or Dark Order versus like the Hathaway family with like Paige with like Paige in the gun club. Like just in an FTR. Yeah. Or just something like that. You know, just just say, look, everything that's unfolded from our I hate this fucking term, scrum has led to this. A steel goes home for a couple weeks, a month. I don't know about a I don't know about a six figure fine, but you know, just a hefty fine for him. Like 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 everyone's pocket should be hit pretty like, goddamn hard. They what? I said A steel's lucky he's not in jail. True, true. Especially and I think that's why we haven't heard more is because you know, especially based on what came out. Which, yeah. regardless, is still under well, that's major what, review. That's what I'm saying. I think that's why we haven't heard more is because there might be more legal shit pending. Mm. And they can't speak on it yet. And I would definitely do an external investigation. You bring out an outside party. Be like, get to the bottom of this shit. I don't care. And use your money, use your resources to clear this shit up and get and get clear facts 
information for people involved and then then dish out whatever further punishment comes from that. But right now, you tell everybody, go home. Go home, two weeks, 30 days. We will figure it out. The titles are not yours. We have to we have to take them off of you. Sorry, not sorry. And and you're gonna get a fine that's gonna hit your pockets. Period. And now that's me taking over the body of and soul and mind of Tony Khan, who would at that point be at my wits' end and be like, I gotta do some shit. But I'm gonna go with my gut and say that he's gonna be a fucking pushover and he's gonna be Mr. Cool substitute teacher. I'm still the indie rific fan who's just living the dream and he's going to put out a fucking newsletter or like a, a fucking letterhead and lightly slap everyone on the wrist or possibly or possibly not at all, which would most likely mean that punk's probably not going to get much of anything except a, Hey man, you could handle that differently, which again, I love punk dearly, but again, er everybody's hands has he, blood on it when, when, whenever it comes to what happened Sunday. He made Tony Khan look like a little bitch. He oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And he was cutting off Tony Khan and was like shushing him. And like when when Punk said there's, you know, two big people that have made money off the CM Punk name. And he said Vince McMahon and whatever the fuck the other guy's name was, like Al whatever the fuck, Al Roger, whatever the fuck. And he said, uh, no, um, he said not, Vince and Scott Colton. That's what it was. Scott Colton. That's it. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I, for some odd reason, I could not remember. But yeah, he said Vince and Scott Colton. And he said, not you, Tony. You're not there yet. <laughs> you know, just and that was kind of like the beginning of it. And then when he started fucking rolling, just he was anytime. Tony was like, I should have answered your question better. And he's like, no, like, you know what I'm trying to say? You, yeah. You've he, heard the. He just he just steamrolled him. Yes, he, he steamrolled did. him. He steamrolled him. And the entire media scrum is up on YouTube on the AW page. If you want to watch it and listen to it. So and uh, then normally normally Tony fucking lives for these scrums. He'll, yeah. he'll stay up for an extra three hours or fucking whatever. And Sunday was probably the most quickest one because you had the whole punk thing. Tony Storm's part was kind of spicy in some parts oh, yeah. and certain in like certain things she said. Yeah. Uh, she called out Thunder Rosa for not being really injured. Not really, really injured. And, and then I think it was crying. Swerve. Swerve was kind of spicy. It really was a really spicy, intense scrum. Like, 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 like it definitely went wild where it was the inmates are taking this shit over. Yeah. And, was, uh... and all this could have been resolved a long time ago if, once again, if people listen to the Jim Cornettes of the world and Jim Rosses, and you had someone back there that was like the booker, the the absolute line. Now, obviously, you can't bring 80s Bill Watts into this world because it would it would not fucking fly. It wouldn't fly. It would technically fly for for the pro wrestling universe as as far as being a booker and keeping everybody in check. Yeah, but yeah. But like you need a Watts, you need a Corny, you need a Vince, 
You need like a Pat Patterson, a Pat Same. Patterson like figure. Just someone like which would be Jr. But somehow Jr. has so much heat. Do that though. Yeah, but Jr. has so much heat with certain sectors of that locker room that that doesn't help. And Jerry Lynn doesn't seem like he'd be that guy. Dean, I would think, would be that guy. But Dean's also going going like through some illnesses, isn't he? I mean, he's been sick for years now. So, and I, I, I personally love Jake, but, but you, but, but honestly, you can't, you can't lean on Jake. Arn, Arn worked, but just no one fucking cared about what Arn was saying, which is fucking crazy to say out, out fucking loud. That's what I was about to say. It's insane to me how these younger kids like just don't care to even understand or appreciate like Arn Anderson, Kelly Blanchard, and like people like that of the world. It it's baffling to me. I don't know. If I had a chance to sit there and listen to Arn Anderson talk, I'm gonna listen to that motherfucker talk. I would buy a fucking tape recorder and numerous tapes and be like, just tell me everything. Yep. And I listen to it to and from work, waking up in the morning, going to bed. <laughs> yeah. You're damn right. You're damn right. And this is probably me being a hyperbolic person. You also can just <clears throat> go about this in a very dramatic, petty way and be like, all right, clearly, clearly, clearly there's a, a massive split here. So let's just fucking do this. You put a lead on one side, punk on another, and be like, whoever wants to work with them and like to do their stuff, step over to the side of their room. If you want to do the punk Bret Hart kind of pro wrestling way, step over to this side. Okay, the punk pro wrestling side is now officially the Ring of Honor roster. This side is the All Elite Wrestling roster. You guys will both have one show a week. I don't know which will be what. You can put Rampage as the flagship AEW show and give Ring of Honor Dynamite. You can split the pay-per-views and split the Battle of the Belts and then just simply stand up and say, we're splitting them up. Show me what you got. Whichever, Whichever gets over, is what the fuck we're going with. And you guys have six months. Show me. Because, because as stupid as it sounds, we're, we're, we're kind of at that like civil war point. Are we? I, I, I don't I, that's I, I almost feel it's, I almost feel it's on the horizon, but However, it can be stopped. It I'll can be stopped if certain things happen and certain people do things. I'll say I think the locker room may be divided, but I don't think it's at a civil war state to where actual things will happen, as in like no shows and walkouts and lockouts and things like that. You know, I um, I think it's more just childish heat. Yeah, just more again that that high school cafeteria click shit. Yeah, like who's snitching to the gossip sheets, kind of faster. And oh, and also immediate gag order, immediate gag order. 
Be like, do not talk to a fucking soul. Yeah, that, they that literally, that literally is a wrestling journalist, and I use that term extraordinarily loosely because there's probably maybe one or two people that really are, and just no. They need one of those clauses they could slip in, and they could say, "Look, if you get caught talking to a dirt sheet, we can void your contract immediately." You exactly. Get, Be you like, I mean? and just simply, hey. Call it a fucking Melter clause. Just call it a fucking Melter clause, a Melter Alvarez clause. Be like, no. That's I would immediately, good... I'd immediately be like, gag order. Do not fucking talk to Melzer. Do not yeah. talk to Alvarez. Do not talk to Keller. Do not talk to Fightful. Do not fuck. Do not do not talk to Sean Ross. Fucking Sap. Don't talk to anybody. Run it by me first, and we'll go from there. Do not go. Click clacking your fucking Twitter fingers to these fucking guys because this is why we're in the spot we're in. So this has to stop. Period. You know what's another random funny thing? And this might be a little bit off topic, and I'm sorry, but how much Sean Ross that thinks he's like such a big tough guy? <laughs> I, but again, from what I've heard. Brother. He seems to be like he seems like he can handle himself, but I've also take that with a grain of salt because yeah. I'm like I'm like he, I'm like I'm like is he though like he is he about, he he brags about being a black belt in jujitsu, which usually is a telltale sign that they're really not about it because real black belts don't go around fucking flaunting that shit until yeah. it's actually time to do the shit and. uh there was a kid, um, I guess he is associated with Conan's Keeping It With 100 or whatever. His name is like Billy Body or something or Billy Batty or something. I don't know how you say his last name, but it's like B-H-A-T-T-I or something. But anyway, um, he had like an issue with Sean Rossap. And they had been like beefing back and forth on like Twitter and Instagram and all the different whatevers. And... Apparently they ran into each other at Starcast and nothing happened. It was two dudes just bitching at each other, standing there just talking shit. Yeah, like posturing and stunning. Typical white dude fight. Like they're just standing there, like Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like, do something, bro. No, you do something, bro. You do something, bro. No, you do something, bro. Exactly. Neither one of them were about it. Neither one of them wanted to fucking fight. If they were that mad at each other, if they had that much fucking heat with each other, it would have been... popped off there. So it's like bar fight antics. Bar fight antics. That's what I've always called that. Bar fight but, antics. I'll tell you this. As somebody who had uh, a fight background before I became who I am now, we'll say this. If I said to somebody back in the day on the streets, it's on on site, it was on on fucking site. If I said I was going to fuck somebody up next time I seen them, it's fucking them up next time I seen them. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. A huge difference. I'm not going to sit and act like I was some big badass because there was plenty of times I got my fucking ass beat. But, if you're going to say it's on on site and you don't have it on on site, how tough are you? Exactly. 
it's it's just that that posturing shit. Yeah. That just then, gets ridiculous. He had that dude kicked out of fucking Starcast and everything too. It's pretty funny. It was. It was pretty funny. But I don't know. Sorry about jumping off subject there. No. About the I mean, I mean, I think we kind of covered the scrum. Um, yeah. let's kind of spin it and cover the shows. The fun weekend for pro wrestling fans. Um, okay. we can go full circle. Let's go to Saturday. Um, Clash at the Castle. Um, I thought it was a good show. I'm also a big UK person. Um, again, I will bang this drum until literally the day I die. Can we find a way to get a mania o- over there? If Saturday didn't give you a template of the right time 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 zone to use it, let's do it then, and let's bring back like afternoon wrestling Saturday afternoon wrestling because that was really fun. Um, that crowd was perfect. Um, not gonna lie. Factor the, in the, say what you gotta factor in what the American crowd would really react to that. Yeah, it just it just at some just entertain the idea someday because it seems like they never have. Just entertain it or or I'm okay if they add this into the pay-per-view like rotation. And just each year change at the locale. So this year was in Wales. You run it back next year in Dublin, Ireland. You run it back the following year somewhere in Scotland. You run it again in London. And just just kind of rehash certain spots in in like the UK to to, to run Clash at the Castle. Because, because it honestly was a good show. It really yeah. was. That yeah. I mean, the only... If you if if you if you had to rate and rate the stuff, the least I guess caring match would have been the SmackDown women's title match. You know, it, it sadly would be that one, the women's tag, and then every women's tag, and then Judgment Day versus Ray, and everything after the match was exciting or worthwhile, but the match wasn't. Um, little bit disappointed that most of the UK contingent didn't go over. Um, I kind of figured at least one would have, but you know, it kind of not surprised. Um, I've Gunther Sheamus definitely spiked up for me for a match of the weekend candidate. I probably didn't put enough stock into it, and you could clearly tell on Sunday during the zero hour show that Kingston and Ishii were definitely trying to do a hold my beer moment to try to top or duplicate that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they topped it. They probably came a little close because of Ishii having the fucking popped vessel or fucking whatever. But Ishii also looks like a really older version of that fucking Asian guy from like Dr. Strange. So I don't really put much stock into it. So here's another funny one for you. You had said you on your uh, Facebook uh, preview, you said about the Kingston Ishii match going to be a banger. It's going to be like great to finally see that happen. That match actually already had happened even recently on New Japan Strong. Yeah. Um. As soon as I saw it on Zero Hour, I was like, oh, so this has happened before. God damn yeah. it. I was like, all right. So, I mean, and 
Did they yeah. that it happened already? I don't think they referenced it, which is why I went about it the way I went about it, because I don't think it was acknowledged, and I don't know if it wasn't acknowledged because it was during the time of the whole pie face fiasco, and they were punishing him, and and they were doing all that, so I don't know if all that mixed together was why they didn't really present it, which would make sense because the whole pie face, the fat fuck comment, and then the uh, the consequences from it. So that's probably why. And that's why I felt like it was just kind of like, oh, we just need this on the... We, we fucking need to put them on somewhere. Here you go. Like, that, that's how it came off. So I'm going to assume that that's why. Because otherwise, wouldn't they have promoted it somehow on Wednesday? Or Friday, even? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you would hope. You would think. <laughs> so... But obviously, the Sheamus match was good. I'm yeah. I'm all for Sheamus trying to get the IC to finally get the Grand Slam nod. Um, I'm happy. I'm so happy they brought back Giovanni Vinci and or Bartel Eigner. I'm like, thank you, Triple H. Please bring back Imperium. It's just the right thing to do, and you can keep them, and and they can have their newer names just. Bring back Imperium. And I'm hoping, hoping that like that just wasn't just for Saturday. I agree. I literally agree. I uh, It'll be interesting to see Friday on SmackDown to figure that out. And I'm hoping that we're slowly getting to Hunter being like, listen, I get the Butch thing's kind of over. But we but we gotta get we gotta get you out of this Charles Dickens Oliver Twist villain fucking outfit and let you be the goddamn bruiserweight. Just no. in his Pete Dunn gear. I, I I heard, I heard on Clash at the Castle when he wrestled on the pre-show he did. So all right, so all right so thank god there's there 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 is a chance that they can write this it even said bruiserweight on the side of his gear and everything like it was you know all right (laughs) that's why i was like okay they might still call him butch but it might be be like the bruiserweight butch or the bruiserweight that's pete dunn but his nickname's butch Butch. you know what i'm trying to say like he's a butcher because he fights. That's what you know. I could see them trying to play it up something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But that that was good. The women's tag was okay. Kind of paint by numbers. Riddle Rollins. I. It was a good match, but it. I was hoping for like a serious game face riddle, especially after the, especially after the side by side shit. And he comes out on the scooter, dressed like Patrick Starr, and does all the shtick. I'm like, all right. I'm like, you almost had me. And, and and of course, they're telling the story that he loses his cool and it costs him the match. Seth was fucking masterful, dressed like Rocket Man and doing all the head game shit. It was fucking awesome. And then doing that avalanche curb stomp, which was pretty sick because like he went up and I was like is he doing what I think he's going to do <laughs> and then I was like oh shit okay good and 
the main that, event was really good. The main that, event that, was really good. The crowd was so hot for Rollins. Yeah. Riddle. I think maybe they hit a fucking alternate button. I think Riddle was originally supposed to win, get that redemption. And then someone was like, ah, we gotta we gotta flip this. Yep. Triple H is probably like, you know what? Spin that around. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. It was audible. So over for fucking, you know, dude, they were every five seconds singing Rollins is whoa. You know what I mean? That was crazy. And then when they sang Edge's song, that was Oh my god. I was like, wow. Yeah. That was fucking nuts, man. That was a a beautiful moment for Edge to get that reaction. And, you know, Dom turning, I think we've all been waiting for. I I liked it. I didn't understand why he had to kick off the shoes to do everything, but I'm, yeah, what I, the fuck? <laughs> oh, 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 okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me that that watching was like, why did he take off his sneakers to do this? It's like he didn't want to scuff them up or anything. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, they just look like Vans. I'm sure, I'm sure that you can buy a couple of the pairs of Vans. So strange. <laughs> And I was just like, that was strange. And then, you know, he rips the shirt and he clotheslines Ray the same way Eddie clotheslined Ray and we're off to the races. And then his appearance on Raw was fucking hilarious with Rhea's line. It's clear that Rhea has to be the face of the group because she's just, she's been magic on like the mic and saying certain shit. I'm just like, oh my God. I was actually saying that today because how she comes out in the middle like Edge used to, and Finn and uh, Damian Priest are on the opposite sides mm-hmm. of her, and she's something else, man. She has grown into like a full fledged like, yep, evil heel. So I mean that. So that's a good. Hopefully, that's a good thing to get Dominic some flavor or some seasoning. I want him to call, want him to call her mom and see that at least one time. I honestly think that that has to happen, right? They yeah, have I, to acknowledge that. They yeah. have to acknowledge it because 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 she because she has worn the I'm I'm your poppy shirt, and then on Raw, I think mm-hmm. she said something to the extent of what Poppy wants, Poppy gets. I'm yeah. like, so yeah, so please please acknowledge this and just have him say like Mama Sita just one time, just yeah, once. That's all I want. <laughs> And that's, yeah, man, that's pretty much all I asked for. <laughs> and then, like, the main event was good. The main event was actually good. I, of course, I wanted Drew to go over and give that crowd the really go home thing. Roman yeah. coming out alone was actually pretty it cool to look at. It, it, it was basically like it would have been, I'm sorry. No. It would have been his bulldog moment. Exactly. It, they, I don't understand why. I mean, I I do understand why. I did too. I was like, okay, but I was like, damn. Thing. It's so funny how like Triple H hates him and he's just jobbing him out because he got knocked the fuck out by Tyson Fury, and that was so funny. Yeah, I I don't know what's happening with poor Austin Theory, but I I hope it's not. I hope we don't go down the road of it's like a failed cash in that's like worse than Corbin's or worse than whoever else failed. Just okay. don't see that. Yeah, fucking a. <laughs> but the match, I'm not gonna lie, and I'm probably not the only person. All right. 
whenever I heard the chord for Broken Dreams, I lost my shit. I was like, oh my God, they're actually doing this. They're actually doing this. And, yeah, then, of course, cool. and then, of course, they show that awesome video package, which was just as cool. It I was, was like, like his entrance video, yeah. Yeah. You remember how his, his Broken Dreams entrance video was like that? Yeah. I was like, thank God they're fucking using this. Thank you. And then they play the video, which is insane to look at him. Like, like I like honestly to show a, a non-wrestling fan the the picture of young chosen one Drew McIntyre and Drew McIntyre now, they would not believe that that's the same fucking person. Exactly right. They'd be like, no fucking way. But like, yeah, yeah. way. <laughs> it really is the same guy. That's so and, amazing, though. Like he really went and re- completely reinvented himself and came back and became a main event megastar that he was supposed to be all that time ago. And I just, I can't believe it. I truly, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I think that's things like that. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's definitely the like embodiment of if you get future endeavor from there, you can always go back. You just got to reinvent yourself. Like, He's he's a shining example. Cody technically is a, a shining example. Um, I will always put him in this category, especially now. Um, Cardona's a shining example of if you if you get let go of from there, you gotta reinvent and make yourself just as big or better. And he's been he's been hitting every stride right so far. Yeah. You know, and I'm 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 gonna hold out the idea for Keith Lee can possibly do that for hopefully Adam Cole. I don't know what universe Adam Cole's spirit is in right now, but I hope I hope when he's cleared and ready to go, we kind of get some remnants of NXT Adam Cole where he just just something. Give us some kind of jolt because your first year there was kind of a letdown. It, it, it kind of was just based off of where you came from and how you were established over on the other side. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Compared to his NXT run, I mean, it's a completely different world. What I was going to say, you passed uh, the swerve comment really fast. And at first, I was going to say this. I thought originally that Swerve was going to turn on Keith Lee when they lost. Well, then that didn't happen. Are you talking about at the end with the whole scissor me thing? No, no, no. Because I thought there. Way before before they won the tag titles. They, when they first started teaming together, they had like won a few and they started losing. And after like the second or third loss, I was like, oh shit, Swerve's going to turn on Keith Lee. Well, it didn't happen. Well, then they lost again and it didn't happen. Well, then they got that another tag title match and then they ended up winning. Well, what it ended up being um, the different attitudes of Swerve and Keith Lee are completely different. Like, Swerve has that that heelish in him, but he's still a good guy because he's good friends with Keith Lee and all that, whatever the hell they're playing up. Keith Lee's the full-blown babyface. 
But my whole thing is I could see Swerve influencing Keith Lee to turn. I didn't think of that angle. Yeah. I figured it would be one turns on the other, and knowing Tony, he'd throw the ultimate curveball and have Keith be the big bully who turns on little Swerve, and we go from there because obviously Swerve turning on Keith Lee is too obvious. But if Swerve convinces him to like see the light and they that would be pretty interesting, especially after Sunday, especially after how the crowd kind of formed that match. Yeah, and that, yeah, Sun, yeah, Sunday kind of really like helped a lot with the reactions that, yeah, the reactions that he got was pretty fucking sweet. But what, what do you think was, who do you think was the, well, I don't think, who do you think, mm-hmm. but. What was your favorite reaction of the night? Like, out of all the big, crazy reactions and shit, or even small, little non-reaction, what was your favorite one? Throughout the weekend? Okay, you want to do that? I was going to say Clash, but... Oh, oh, okay. For Clash? Yeah. I got it. Mint. It was probably Drew's, just based off the the video package and how it came out and how that crowd was for him. And that was probably for me Drew's okay. best match. Drew's best match as far as the atmosphere, the crowd, the circumstances. Um, the only thing that I could nitpick about the match, what exactly was the point of Karrion Cross sitting there to just yeah. throw to just throw a fucking water bottle and then just sit down and he does nothing at the end of the match or the post-match stuff. So he's just so you're telling me Karrion yeah. Cross and Scarlet sit there and watch him sing, you know, American Pie with Tyson Fury, and there's nothing from that? I, I, Yeah. So I didn't really understand the purpose of Cross, of Cross's appearance, other than to just be a quick distraction. Yeah. I thought, well, when I first seen him appear, I thought, okay, that's how they're going to use it for the end of the match. Me too. But then when that ended up happening with Solo Sokoa, or Solo Sokoa, however the fuck you said, um, it it blew my mind because I didn't think they were gonna do that. I didn't think they were gonna bring him up. I didn't think they were gonna add him in. I figured with Based the changes relationships because I, I didn't think that they were all even that close anymore. Like I figured with all the changes and just the fact that it was out there that out there that he was like the Uso younger brother that at Boy. some point at some point he was gonna pop up. And I figured Survivor Series time because that would be the perfect Survivor Series team situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have Roman and the Usos need to find a fourth because let's say the whole honorary Us thing runs out by then and there's no one left in the bloodline and then he shows up. And then all of a sudden the bloodline has a full team to go against Sammy, Kevin, you know, Drew and I don't know, you can throw in like a random person at that point, like Ricochet. Gargano. Perfect. Perfect. Gargano. And just have them take on the bloodline. Yeah, because Gargano is coming back uh, Monday. So, like, I so so whenever he showed up, I I was like, oh, okay, they're kind of moving fast with this. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it because it's because it, it 
it was right there. It's right there in front of you. You have to do it. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. And also, honestly, Solo didn't really need to. He really didn't need the 2.0 scene. I mean, he I mean, he wasn't a champion. He wasn't really in any of the title pictures per se. You they obviously have a plan for both titles down there that didn't really involve him. So so instead of putting him in like Cameron Grimes limbo, might as well call him up. I yeah. See, I did you see um speaking of limos on SmackDown, Baron Corbin got picked up by JBL. I saw I saw the clip. Um it's got me a little interested in Corbin again if this is gonna be like a repackage and JBL's kind of like his Yoda and like shows him the way and he kind of turns into like a JBL-ish character, then okay. Now obviously the ideal version I'd want would re would you know re re uh, acquire Corbin to grow hair again and that's not gonna happen. The fucking little wolf thing worked for me. Um but this is but but like but, but like if this is a new layer to give Corbin something that isn't hokey and corny, but give him a little bit of seriousness, I'm for it. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Corbin's hairline might not agree. No, <laughs> clearly no. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I um I like the lone wolf, but I'm okay with this new, you know, new version of Corbin. I don't like that they call him happy. Yeah, I'm like, I get it. We kind of got it. Can he just be Baron Corbin again? Like, like, can we find a way to transition back to that? You would think. Like, you know, you know, like just the same way that Matt got his his first name back. Austin's got his name back. Tommaso's got his name back. Like, you mean we can't do that with Baron Corbin? <laughs> or hopefully instead of calling him fucking Madcap Madcap Moss, you, you can just say Madcap Riddick Moss or some shit. Just, can we just go back just using real names, please? <laughs> or at least yeah. try it? <laughs> I, oh man, that whole Madcap Moss shit was ridiculous to begin with anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, my throat keeps clogging for some reason. Um, The whole Madcap thing was fucking ridiculous to begin with. I, uh, <laughs> The, the terrible jokes, I mean, everything that they tried to do, it only lasted for, it wasn't a long-term built character. To where now it's in one of those, like, dead areas. To where he yeah. doesn't have a character. He's just Riddick Moss. That's why he should go back to just being Riddick Moss. Because he's not telling jokes anymore. He's not being the funny guy. He's not somebody psychic. He's just being himself. Right? That's that's my take from it and just his presentation too. He's not wearing the stupid suspenders and boat shoes and khaki shorts. He's yeah, wearing he's black tights cool. and black boots. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, I think my throat again. <clears throat> but um that sorry would be it as far as the clash. I like it. I hope they keep this in the rotation and just keep it in the rotation to give that fan base yeah. something a little more frequently than every 30 years, 30 years, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Because because that clearly is a very passionate, loyal fan base. Yeah, that's very true. That's a yeah, that's a very good one. 
<clears throat> so my next thing, what you said, Drew was your favorite um, reaction from Clash. What was your favorite otherwise? Um, I kind of hope that we go over worlds, worlds collide. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm like a little somber about how some of it happened. Oh um, yeah, we, right after this. My favorite moment from Worlds Collide, and it was, it was a little thing, but it kind of got me. I don't know why these things kind of get me. Gave me um, um, Tyler Bates entrance as he's going through the hallway, and they have the projector showing the past champions and the great matches, and that whole presentation, like that, kind of got me as far as a moment on Sunday. I was like. You know what? Like, fuck, man. Like, and I, I should have seen it, but I'm glad that they pointed it out to me that Tyler Bate was the first one, and he ends the era as literally the last one, the last like UK champion. So I, I really like that. Um, far as all out goes, whenever I heard the Rolling Stones record, I didn't think that deeply into it. I, the first thing I said, and and first thing I said to Kelly, because because she actually stayed up for some of it, I was like, I I, I don't know how much that fucking cost to yeah. fucking get the licensing fee to get any Rolling Stones record, but that let, must have been a pretty fucking penny. Yeah, let alone one of their biggest hits in Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah, That's, I like I mean a- I mean like I, I I literally heard it and looked at her and was like. Is that what I think it is? And then she was like, I think so. And then it kept playing. I was like, Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, how much did he pay for that? <laughs> how much yeah. did he pay to just use that for just one part of the show? Yeah, that's amazing. And then obviously, like, as soon as, as as soon as the mask guy came out, I was like, All right, he he has the figure. Of MJF. I was like, but nah, can't be. And then as soon as he goes up the steps, wipes his feet and does everything, I was like, oh, okay. That's definitely fucking him. That's definitely fucking him. And then and then of then of course the mannerism after him 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 pretending to take off the mask. I was like, yeah, that's definitely him. That's definitely MJF. Okay. I was like, that's definitely MJF. Um my favorite moment from that night was the lights go out. Okay. And I gotta admit, I don't know if the voicemail was real or a work, but I fucking liked it. I, I liked that voicemail of was Tony basically calling and begging, saying, Look, I don't know how long this extended vacation is. I need you to do this for the fans, even though you don't care about the fans. I I'll please show up to all out. I'll put you in the casino match. <laughs> like all that, like, like that gave it like the blurred line realism. Yeah, that worked, and then of course him coming on the screen, yeah, him said, taking off the mask, and and then of course they play the voicemail transition to the ROH Punk promo, which was cool, which is you know through line storytelling, and yep. then him getting the reaction, putting on the scarf, was major for me. I was like, whoa, like they're going batshit. In fucking Chicago, no less, just because he puts on the scarf. And then once the music hit, that definitely told me something like, okay, 
like, all right, like it doesn't matter if it's New York, LA, or enemy territory in like Chicago, he's fucking over. And yeah. you know, and the 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 interaction could have went a little better, but it wasn't bad. You know, him standing at the top, just you know, signaling that he's going for the title, and Punk stands there. Could have done a little more. You could have had them be face to face at least and just kind of like you know leave just leave the crowd at that fever pitch point. Whoa. Um but but like that was it. Um to hear how much the acclaim were were just over. I always knew that they were popular and they were over, but Sunday definitely Whoa. Sunday definitely banged the drums that like they need something. They need a title. You got to do something. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Grand Slam, they will do something with, 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 with them. The women's match, I wasn't too thrilled about. It wasn't bad. But once again, to hear the crowd express how much they wanted Jamie Hayter to win should be something to keep note of. Because I think the crowd was pretty much hot for Jamie Hayter, that whole that whole yeah. man. <clears throat> they didn't like boo Tony Storm or anything when no. she won. They were pretty much pro Jamie Hayter. But yeah, but the moment from All Out was definitely the MJF stuff at the end of the night. The Fair voicemail, enough. the transition to the famous punk devil promo and the unveiling and the, the whole thing. The pomp and circumstances. Even if it wasn't like twelve thirty at that point, <laughs> yeah. After a long night of wrestling, <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, to we covered both ends. Let's cover the kind of the lost show that actually was a really good show. Uh, NXT Worlds Worlds Collide. Okay. Um, the opener did not disappoint. It there was a little bit of a letdown in some parts, but. It was as advertised. Carmelo and Ricochet. Um, pretty much everything that people who like that kind of stuff would, or people who don't, who don't like the choreographed gymnast stuff, but it wasn't, but but like it wasn't so heavy. They did it in certain spots. The one spot of them doing the springboard cross bodies was really cool. I was like, oh shit, like all right, cool. Um it kind of reminded me because I don't see him much how good Ricochet can be in ring and it validated how good Carmelo Hayes is yeah it it definitely reassured or just reestablished no this guy's the real deal and I'm assuming coming out of this he's got to find his way into the NXT title picture because he's because he's so above the North American at this point, it, it, it's like it, it it's clear, it's clear there's got to be a collision course with Carmelo and Carmelo and Breaker. It it it, it has to happen. You have to tease yeah. it at least. They're doing something right now to where it's uh, the fans are choosing his next opponent. Okay, so it's kind of like a taboo Tuesday kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like one of those live polls on WWE.com or whatever. And it's who he's fighting. And so far, I think actually last time I checked before we started the show, Wesley was in first place. 
as like okay. one of, yeah. That could be the, interesting. Oh, excuse me, the former MSK. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that match didn't disappoint. Uh not gonna lie. The four-way tag match, I figured that would be a good time to take a shower because it just didn't. I was like, eh, I, I kind of went in assuming that they were going to just anoint the creeds and then they did the weird. I, I And then I caught the end. I caught the end where Damian Kemp turns and costs them and screws them over. Yeah. Uh, they're going pretty deadly. I was like, ah, uh, okay. I, I don't get and I have to probably watch the UK to get the connection with them and Last Legend. I I, I don't understand that, but okay. Um, I kind of figured Gallus wasn't going to do it. Um, Briggs and Jansen, I figured, would be the first ones out just because just they're, they're kind of the low team on the totem pole. I figured that we would at least have gotten Creed's versus Gallus in some way, but clearly they got plans for Pretty Deadly. Like, I kind of get the concept, the whole, like, pseudo-Zoolander tag team thing, but I, you could have done something a little different there. That's exactly um, whole Zoolander, like, male model. Yeah, male, like, maximum male model-ish Zoolander thing. I was like, all right, like, I get it. It's kind of been done to death. It's paint by numbers. Um, The women's match was shockingly good. I, I kind of... Went in with meh expectations because I've only seen a couple of Miko matches, and I know I know Blair Davenport is a decent worker, and and Mandy Rose has improved, but I was like, I don't know how all three will work, and it it wasn't that bad. Um, definitely shocked me that Mandy went over because I figured Toxic Attraction was done, and they they were going to be moving on up to greener pastures. But clearly, the match after said otherwise, uh, that they're not going anywhere. Mandy um, Rose have all the tea on them motherfuckers. There, it amazes me that she walked out with both belts. It amazes me. She must have some dirt on somebody. <laughs> and I just, I, it like baffles me because I'm trying to like, she posted some fucking picture of her with like the belt on her titties and her crotch. And yeah. She, like the picture uh, of herself, of her even holding the belts up after she won them. You know, it's just, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously, I've seen the match. I just, oh man. You know, I, just, I definitely thought for sure that they were going to be like, we can't put it on Miko. We can't with Mandy because they're probably not going to stick around long. So I went with the theory, oh, then you're just going to have Blair do the upset and you just reestablish the female division there and have her be the have her be the queen of the mountain and you can reestablish Core Jade, Roxanne Perez, Nikita Lyons and Paxley and Ivy Nile and you can give like a fresh tune-up to that singles division. And I was clearly wrong because it seems by all accounts that toxic attraction is not going anywhere because Mandy wins both. And then in the NXT women's tag match, you know, Gigi and Gigi and JC come out when that kind of threw me off. Cause I was like, they were just in that tournament and they seem to have gotten a good reaction in, in Montreal. So it seemed like all signs were pointing to that. They were on that, that, that basically they were on their way up to whichever show, which it, it wouldn't matter which brand for them. 
because either way it helps out. But just based off of that, they have a they have a three woman team on Raw. You would have to essentially balance it out and put them on SmackDown because mm-hmm. just based off of that, damage controls clearly got Raw taken care of. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that they don't decide that in a month it's already stale and break them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that match was really good. I know a lot of people are iffy on Mandy. I know she's not the greatest, but she has improved, and it, it shows compared to what what we got from that Sonya Deville match at SummerSlam during the pandemic to now. It's a definite improvement. Yeah. But, yeah, I would have went with Blair Davenport just because it it's right there. It's new. It's legit. And let's say Miko stays around. You can you can run that back, and you can run Mandy back for a rematch before they just officially say, all right, enough, go. And then you can, like I said, rehash and retool the female division with with whatever's left, essentially. 100%. So, I'm kind of intrigued to see how they, like, who's next or who's going to be in play to take those belts off of Mandy. I'm assuming Blair Davenport's going to be in that picture. I I don't see them not having her in that picture. Um, I'm assuming, I would hope, just based off what I've heard, that Ivy Nile will get a chance, or Paxley, just and 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 just again because Ivy Nile's presentation is so different. How ready are they though? You know what I mean. If like, I had to pick between the two, I'd probably lean towards Ivy Nile being the more ready. Okay. And just because again her presentation, that small like. Luna Vachon ish pit bull kind of thing she's got going on is like kind of the perfect clash against what Mandy Rose is like, like, like a kind of the it girl kind of thing. You do that clash and the one that's kind of the really pretty girl against the hard nose tomboyish pit bull chick that's like super like serious and legit. And you, you can do that. I'm assuming Roxanne Perez is going to be in 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 the fold once they once they figure out this weird core 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 Jade feud that they got going on. Um, I'm assuming Zoe Stark will be lingering around unless unless I'm not seeing a curveball coming to where like she might get called up as like a random surprise. Um, trying to just think and I yeah. See, I none of them have even got a full like shake, but they're already well. Vince's era was already moving towards the future, more of them people like Nikita Lyons and things like that. And then, and then obviously, obviously, she is somehow still in the fold and play. I don't know if she's injured or in in like creative limbo, but she's definitely going to be in play. Um. And then, yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to go through the women's division. I mean, I don't know what you do with Alba Fire or Kaylee Ray now. Um, I don't know if that's a call-up choice just because she doesn't fit the landscape right now. She, okay, and, I, and I've seen tidbits of this girl, and I could definitely see them 
trying to plug her into the title picture, Tiffany Stratton. I could definitely see that being definitely being like a viable, oh yeah, she's definitely ready for blank. And they they like they like roll the dice and try her in that main event picture. Okay. Like the Wendy Chu thing is their Orange Cassidy. It's got a it's got a limited fucking shelf life. That's not gonna be main event worthy. But I could, but but but, but yeah. I could definitely see them trying to figure out a way to get Stratton in that picture. They should have kept her as Mei Ying and exactly with the whole uh, dark dungeon type of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just don't understand why. I mean, the the Zaya Lee getting called up obviously might have been it, but I don't know. Boa was still there, and you can have other fucking Asian superstars join the group, or you can even just have somebody else join the group, you know? I don't know. But anyway, sorry about that. No, no, it's all good. Uh, The NXT women's tag match wasn't anything to write home about. It was kind of paint by numbers. They, they, They clearly, I'm assuming Carter and Chance are taking over the old MSK entrance and vibe with the whole pulse dance edm fucking thing since clearly msk doesn't exist anymore they they, they're clearly taking that over and being like the the sports event timeout entertainment team that shoots the fucking shirt guns and shit i like i'm like i get it um that was probably the most closest to dewdrop being presented like piper divot again which, which was fucking refreshing um the, but that was clearly like that was clearly the the popcorn match for the main event. Um, the main event just re just reestablished my 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 fandom and feel on fucking Tyler Bate. He is so fucking good, and I hope to God, I hope they call him up. It, just call my, him up, call him my- up, put him on SmackDown, and. <sighs> Hire back Trent Seven and just try Mustache Mountain. Try Mustache Mountain to fucking do the tag division. Spice it up because everybody says the current tag division is stale and it's only three or four teams. So wouldn't it make sense to throw them in and at least attempt to spice it up? Or or worst case, call Tyler Bate up. I don't care what show. I, I don't care. He's ready. He's born. He's been ready. He's... He's he serves no purpose in 2.0. He fucking doesn't. No, I try to think like there's really nothing that I can see him fitting into. Like, ah, uh, what's next? Obviously, other than calling him up or letting him go because, or you just have him sit at home until maybe you start NXT Europe. You True. know what I mean? I didn't think of that option. The only backup, the only realistic option that I could see them trying to do is them doing a them doing a feud with like JD McDonough because obviously the UK connection. Okay. Which which is kind of a step down for him. I'm like he's 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 like the last NXT UK champion. He literally he probably he probably pushed Braun Breaker the like furthest out of out of most of his opponents. And we're just gonna have him go to some non-title middle show feud. No, just call him up. 
call and 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 look, I have nothing against Gargano. I have nothing against Johnny. But if Johnny Gargano is ready for Monday Night Raw, and not gonna lie, he's not the most charismatic. He doesn't he doesn't have the most upside. But if Johnny Gargano can get called up to Monday Night Raw, then you can certainly find a fucking home for Tyler fucking B, who's younger, has more upside, and pops off a television screen with fucking charisma. And I don't want to hear the height shit. The the, the height the height shit cannot be used if fucking Gargano's there. It, it no, no way. And obviously, you can plug him in on SmackDown, and you can yeah. pick up with him and Gunther, him and Kaiser, him and Vinci, him and Butch, him and Holland, him and Sheamus could be fucking great. That like, whole intercontinental title scene. Yeah, that crazy. intercontinental title brawling brutes imperium scene. You drop Tyler Bate in that, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. And then I don't know, sprinkle in, which would be a dream for me, a Tyler Bate Shinsuke match on fucking SmackDown. And just actually like give it time. Give it time to let them like do their thing. Fuck yeah. That would be something else for sure. So like I really hope that Friday it it Friday they tease it or they ensue it or hey you you or you could do Ty, Ty, Tyler Bate and fucking Solo at some point you can dangle that out there or Tyler Bate and Sammy it just yeah he he's got to go he either he either excuse me he either has to go home like you said and just sit at home and wait for Europe for NXT Europe to start which would suck or you can call him up. Call him up, showcase him, and see what happens. And then once NXT Europe starts, you can send him back over, or or you can keep him. But e- either way, he's got to stay in the fold. He's got to stay in the fold. You cannot let him leave. No, because then he'll get snagged up so quick. You you'd never yep. have a chance to get him back. And it, it, even it wouldn't even be AEW; it'd be New Japan or something. And it's just. That's what I was thinking. I I was like, it wouldn't be AEW because they kind of have similar guys that they don't even use now. I mean, hello, Pac. Um, but he would definitely be a perfect fit in New Japan. I could see them trying to snatch him in Impact and figure that and figuring that shit out. But yeah, Impact always doesn't surprise me. You know, they always do the same thing. They get really, really, really good. They get going and going and going. Pay-per-view comes. They never pull the trigger. Then it comes time for the world title match. And you think, okay, well, the other one didn't happen because they fucked around. This one has to happen. And then, oop, it happens. It's just a constant up and down roller coaster with impact because it seems like I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't want to say what it seems like. It just it's a constant up and down roller coaster. And as much good work as they do, it doesn't matter who they end up bringing in. It's the constant same thing. Either they rush them to the main event scene or they just leave them in like a random uh, flux mid card, just random piss away feud debut. 
pretty much. So I yeah, I that that the overarching theme for me this weekend is preserve or call up Tyler Bate by any fucking means necessary. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on a mini. No, no, no. And and, I and let's just say That's let's just say they that. somehow let him walk. First yeah. of all, I will probably destroy everything in sight out of just sheer fucking frustration. And I would want him to either go to Impact because that seems to be like everyone's random wild card and kind of the new the new Ellis Island, it seems like. Or or of course he or of course he works Japan. Um I mean he would do great for the Ring of Honor product, but that would mean he'd have to dabble with the all with the other product. And I just other than a good match with Pack or maybe Offspray, it, there's no other matchups there that I could see that would be like beneficial and actually be like and actually be like a good mix. Like maybe him and Swerve, maybe. Um, him and Danielson could be interesting. That'd be good. Him and Daniel could be interesting. Him and him and Garcia, even though Daniel Garcia is on every fucking week. Yeah, that, that honestly could be interesting. Um, basically anybody wrestling. Yeah, maybe Hook at some point. Maybe Hook at some point. Okay. Him and Starks would be an interesting one. Him and Hobbs would be a really good match that everyone wouldn't see coming. Just based just just based on the obvious, the height and the size. But but he's worked with Gunther and put on a phenomenal match with him. So I'm sure he I'm sure he can work the magic with fucking Hobbs. Hobbs or maybe even maybe even Wardlow. Like it, it it's all there. Yeah. There's like, a nice little decent size. There's nice little decent piece of change there, but yeah. but the but the but just the layup easy money stuff is on SmackDown right now. Oh yeah, without a doubt. That that's yeah. The tougher move would be if they tried to squeeze him onto Raw and it just wouldn't fit. He'd end up losing to Tomasa Champa and the Miz. The Champa and the Miz or or be fed for theory, or it would end up being some stupid shit. Or fed um, to Strowman, so like Strowman can get some buzz rolling. No, you you gotta put him on SmackDown. He's gotta go to SmackDown and just throw him in that brawling brutes Imperium IC title picture. Yeah, it it it, it, it it's licensed to print money. It writes itself. That's what I'm saying, man. That would be uh, the the beauty in itself. Because because there's so many through lines and stories, and you could possibly go really deep in the weeds and tease like a tease like a British strong style tag team with him and Butch if you wanna if you wanna go that deep and have like Butch still wear the bruiserweight stuff and him bait and it's the and it's the big strong boy in the bruiserweight now or team at some point like like it's all there. There's so many good movable variables there if you just call them up. Yeah, I agree. If you if you work them the right way and you figure it all out and you handle it the right way, it's some really, really, really good things. You're exactly right. Oh. I am 
don't know. Can go either way. Yeah, I think we covered the weekend pretty good. We we covered the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> oh yes. Um, I'm oh, sure yes. next week we will cover what shakes out from the from the scrum, as they say, from the scrum melee. Suspense um, and everything this week, and yeah, what transpires tonight on Dynamite that we end up covering next week and how that rolls over. But with that being said, remember to go to manscape.com, use code right hook 20% off right to your door. And with that being said, Ray, yes, send them home. All right, you can follow us on Twitter at the right hook pod at on twitter and use the hashtag the right hook you can send us emails at rhrpodcast1 at gmail.com and again go to manscape.com use the code right hook to get 20 percent off your order plus free shipping sent straight to your door and uh if you guys do us a solid uh tom apparently is willing to Shave his beard and go pure baby face. So, and we will do a live episode of the Right Hook podcast where we will witness this work of art hit the floor <laughs> if you guys help us reach our goals. That is a promise that we will keep. Uh, I don't know what I'll do or say when that actually happens. <laughs> um, but tune in to find out. And, play by play. And until next week. I'm Right Hook Ray. I'm Tom Casadega. We'll catch you guys next week. ACS. <laughs>